I'm Mordecai Sones, and this is your weekly roundup from America's Frontline News. Jews and Friends of Israel have organized a campaign for Congress to request clarification from Israel about its policy on torture. This, after Israel's Supreme Court last month upheld a murder conviction based solely on a confession obtained after 19 days of extreme mental and physical torture, all the while refusing the 21-year-old suspect's requests to speak with a lawyer and to remain silent. Campaign organizers urged American citizens to contact their representatives and to let Israeli ambassador to the U.S. Michael Herzog know that torture is always unacceptable and to demand its immediate ban. Frontline News spoke to journalist and author Steve Rodan for more. The importance of the case of Amiram ben Uliel cannot be dismissed in America. There are more than one million Americans in Israel. And the fact that the Israeli Supreme Court has essentially legalized torture means that everybody is vulnerable. And by the way, another, a minor who had been involved in the case, who was tortured, was an American. So it is up to Americans to tell their members of Congress, please look into this, because if it's true, this must stop now. Why Congress? Because every year, the House and Senate raise their hands for so-called military and security aid to Israel. That aid allowed the officers of the secret police, their facilities, and whatever surveillance equipment they had to conduct torture on innocent people. This is an extremely important matter, not only for Israelis, and unfortunately the Israelis have no voice, but for the Americans. So please reach out to your member of Congress. This is a matter of vital concern. Journalist and author Steve Rodan. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton last week announced a lawsuit against Google for allegedly gathering unauthorized biometric data in violation of Texas law. The complaint alleges Google has been using sophisticated technology to capture and store faces and voice prints of Google users and non-users, including both adults and children. The purported purpose is to enhance Google's technology. In the complaint, the Texas Attorney General says, all across the state, everyday Texans have become unwitting cash cows being milked by Google for profits. The Pfizer Corporation Thursday announced it is raising the price of its COVID-19 injections by 400% as its contract with the federal government nears its end. While the government currently pays Pfizer about $30 per dose, that price will skyrocket to between $110 and $130 per dose, reports Reuters. The federal government's COVID-19 public emergency is set to expire next year, which would deprive Pfizer of lucrative government contracts. In its most recent deal announced in June, the government paid Pfizer and its German partner BioNTech $3.2 billion for 105 million doses. A New York judge Tuesday struck down New York City's vaccine mandate for city workers. That mandate saw approximately 1,430 workers terminated in February 2022. According to the Richmond County Supreme Court ruling, all city employees are allowed back to work and entitled to back pay. In his ruling, Judge Ralph Parizzo slammed the mandate, calling it arbitrary and capricious. Justice Parizzo noted that while the exemptions were being considered, the employees remained unvaccinated and on full duty, showing the vaccination was not as urgent and the employees not as dangerous as the city claimed. In related news, Alberta Premier Danielle Smith Saturday issued a public apology to those who refused the COVID-19 shots and were persecuted by the government for their choice. 
Smith made the remarks in response to a question by Rebel News. Premier Smith said, I can apologize right now. I'm deeply sorry for anyone who was inappropriately subjected to discrimination as a result of their vaccine status. She concluded, I'm deeply sorry for any government employee who was fired from their job because of their vaccine status, and I welcome them back if they want to come back. Meanwhile, Australia's vaccine injury compensation budget is expected to expand 80-fold, from $609,000 to $50 million by July 2023. So far, only 2% of Australians who have claimed COVID-19 vaccine injuries have been compensated. Australia could now expect at least 200,000 vaccine injury complaints. Australia's vaccine injury program is set to expire on April 17, 2024. A campaign canvasser for Florida Republican U.S. Senator Marco Rubio Sunday was brutally attacked by four men while knocking on doors and handing out flyers. The canvasser was wearing a DeSantis hat and Rubio t-shirt. The 27-year-old suffered internal bleeding, a broken jaw, and will need facial reconstructive surgery. Last month, two volunteers for Republican Texas Governor Greg Abbott's gubernatorial campaign were attacked when an unidentified man chased them and tried to drag them out of their car, breaking both side mirrors in the process. That incident came days after a 41-year-old North Dakota man who murdered a teenager for being Republican was set free on bail. Former Trump advisor Steve Bannon Friday was sentenced to four months in jail and a $6,500 fine for defying a January 6th Select Committee subpoena, refusing to appear for questioning. U.S. District Judge Carl J. Nichols has stayed Bannon's sentence while he appeals. Bannon was indicted in July and convicted by a jury of two counts of contempt of court. Following the conviction, Bannon scorned committee members for not hearing testimony about, quote, what's driving this, the total and complete illegitimacy of Joe Biden. Bannon continued, Trump won. Joe Biden's illegitimate. 50% of the American people believe that today. The U.S. State Department is allotting $20,600 to a gender disorientation organization in Ecuador, making the South American nation the first country to receive a U.S. cash injection for the specific purpose of promulgating gender disorientation. The funds will go towards hosting three workshops, 12 so-called drag theater performances, and the production of a two-minute documentary, all to promote what the State Department is calling diversity and inclusion. The money will be given to what's being called a cultural center supported by the U.S. Embassy and Consulate in Ecuador. The grant is just one of several public diplomacy programs that aim to influence foreign publics in the name of national security. The State Department did not respond to a frontline news request for data supporting their claim of an alarming and deadly rise in violence against Ecuadorians. Meanwhile, hundreds of concerned Dearborn, Michigan parents Thursday attended a school board meeting to express their objections to books inculcating sexually deviant themes selected for the school library. Parents of diverse cultural and religious backgrounds united on behalf of their children. Thursday's meeting followed one on Monday that was shut down by officials over what were claimed to be fire code safety concerns due to the large number of attendees. However, some saw in the canceled meeting an attempt to silence the concerned parents. One parent who spoke out Thursday night called the meeting closure a violation of Michigan's legal code that states, It is the natural and fundamental right of parents and legal guardians to determine and direct the care, teaching, and education of their children. For more top news and analysis, go to our website at americasfrontlinenews.com. You've been listening to Mordecai Sones at America's Frontline Doctors Frontline News. Frontline News.